It started already. I was a little bit choked. <laughs> Goodbye, my lover. You have been the one. Welcome to what should be, I'm really, I'm kind of hoping it is, the last episode of season one of Mystery Dungeons and Dark Rise, a Pokemon role-playing adventure and the two, and the, t- <laughs> of course I fucked it in the last one, and the tale of two young trainers, they journey together through the Yume region. I'm Coatsy, I'm your dungeon master, Pokemon dungeon master, and I am fucking exhausted. <laughs> the nerves get into you. A little bit, yeah. The occasion of it all. It's been three years of my life building up to this. And you only finished writing it this morning. Yeah. <laughs> we were sat there eating breakfast just waiting for it. Can we, can we start playing yet? No. Still no, I've got to finish yet. <laughs> Definitely not how that conversation went. It was like, Coatsy, go and make me breakfast. I offered to make it. Anyway. I, I sat there and got it made for me. Much like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jack, and for the last time, I play Felix, a shy but stubborn boy who has come from Pastoria City with no friends, no partner Pokemon, was, as we know, stood behind a barrier for a long time, and now having a best friend, a lifelong partner Pokemon, and is about to overcome the final hurdle on this journey. And I'm Chris, who, for the final time, plays Chuck, who was a happy-go-lucky kid from Pewter City, lofty expectations on him becoming a healer, but he bucked the trend, developed a bond he never thought would be possible with both humans and Pokemon, but right now feels much, much older than his 10-year-old self. We're ready. I'm stressed, palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy, Curses on his phone already, Cresselia blood on his sweater already. Last episode. Yes, this is the last episode, you're right. No, last episode. Oh, the previous episode. Yes. Um, Previously on. We started at Mount Coronet getting off the cable car. You saw Shelley's tentacruel ripping down the dishes on top of the shopping mall. And then you got a phone call from Adam who said, everyone's back to normal down here, although they are shitting themselves because they were, they've like woken up in the middle of what was a massive fight. Team Nightmare grunts are running away. Um, and then you were joined on the mountain by Takeshi, Dwayne, Looker, Kai, Cherry and Winston. Found your way into Mount Coronet where you were stopped by Sigmund Freuder who basically set red and blue on Takeshi and Dwayne and Kai and Flash. Dave! Dave! And then you went after Sigmund Freuder and you got to the top of Mount Coronet, you got to the temple and found out that Narciso was, in fact, Timmy and Jiv. Professor along. Professor Acer. We got a bit about Professor Acer's backstory. I'm not going to cover it all. And then we, you fought Sig and Freuder, who finished their parties off with Darkrai and Cresselia. Now, it was a long-ass fight. It was. It was very early in the morning. It was. You did it, and you absolutely wrecked Dark Rye as well. Well, Well, Rowdy wrecked Dark. Rowdy pulled off some couple of big hits on that one. And the episode finished with the red and blue fight with Takeshi, Dwayne, and Flash almost crashing into the same sort of area you were. They were not looking good at all. Red and blue looking pretty fresh still. 
Darkrai and Cresselia went to back them up because Mew healed you and Darkrai and Cresselia just before it was covered in the mystical armor of Team Nightmare and Acer called for it to call down Arceus. And we finished the episode with Acer yelling, it's here. So, we got a lot of XP. We did. Yeah. Uh, let's cover level ups and we'll crack on. Okay. Uh, level ups for everyone that was involved in the fight from my side. So that was Boomer, Rowdy, Churro, and Apon. Four out of the five of Felix's party also leveled up. So Pratchett, Reptar, Momo, and Houdini all leveled up. The blinding light fades as you look up and you see a giant creature descend from the sky. Its fur a gleaming white, its mane pulling away from its head and its long tail trailing behind it as it glides down through the air. Four pointed feet tipped with golden hooves as are the parts of its grey face. A golden cross-like wheel is attached to its abdomen. Even your visions could not prepare you for the sight in front of you. The sheer power emanating from this creature is almost unbearable. And I need you to both make con checks. A bad roll to start. 16. 12. Felix passes. Chuck, you just fail. Okay. Your first three attacks in whenever we go to next combat will be made at disadvantage. Where? as you shit yourself a little bit. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of brown just running down the leg of those jeans. You hear Aces cry of glee as the metal structures around the temple start to move, hovering above the ground and then flying towards Arceus. Aces shouts, now Mew! And a pink glow appears around Arceus, who stops moving in midair. Click, 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 and one by one, the pieces of metal wrap themselves around Arceus until the great creator is almost completely covered. Acer points at you both. Arceus, I command you now, finish these two, and then we will change the world. And Arceus just seems still, just floating in midair, an odd silence filling the peak of Mount Coronet as everyone stops. And then with a roar that echoes across the whole region, Arceus attacks. Roll initiative. Oh my God. I knew it was coming, like, I knew that it was coming, but it's still just like, holy shit. 12 for Felix, seven for Chuck. Arceus is gonna get a natural 20. Just gonna get. He's just gonna get one. Not even rolled. Feel the power flowing through my veins. I'm gonna start off. Earthquake. It's gonna hit everybody. Evasion checks. 13. For Rowdy. 13 for Pratchett. 21 for Maximus. Everybody failed. <laughs> gonna do it straight off the bat and use. Uh, Rowdy's gonna use detect straight away. The feeling the earth shake beneath him just starts to form so like an aura field around himself. I already hate this fight. I love it. We're half of a turn in. Arceus just slams into the ground, the ripples cracking through the stone floor, making everything difficult to rain. Everyone is going to take 38 ground damage. Mike Mortar is going to take 76 of that. Arceus is then going to glow. Oh, of course he is. Oh, of course he is. 
It's all right, Dad. I'm already, I'm already sweating. <laughs> What's he got? You got a nat one? Nat 20. Yeah. I, th I, think, I think he's bought a special set of weighted dice for this. No, it's Arceus. He's got another natural 20. Arceus glows and opens its giant maw and sends a beam of dark energy towards Rowdy. And he's going to hit Rowdy with a punishment. What does that do? Which is going to do 56 dark damage. Hardly. As yes. it crits. Okay, come on. Felix is trying to keep it together, but seeing literal creator come down from the heavens and be controlled by Acer to attack us, two 10-year-olds, is blowing his tiny mind at the moment. It's only a faint voice in the back of his head that really rouses him, snaps him back round and focuses on the task at hand. Once this battle's over, if we don't step up, they're going to try and change the world and we know it's not going to be for positive. Felix takes one deep breath of this cold, frigid air at the top of the peak, looks at Pratchett, looks at Maximus after that earthquake and goes, let's do it team. Pratchett, energy ball. We're going to go for patented Pratchett energy ball Come on. to start us off with a nat 19 becomes a 26 yep okay right that's good it's vulnerable it can be hit for your benefit Chris on a natural 19 the next attack against the target is rolled at advantage oh nice 28 grass damage to start Pratchett is able he does feel quite refreshed after being healed by Mew he's able to gather up a lot of energy up here and chuck a pretty big what he thinks is big energy ball at the Arceus but it does look like a bit of a dot when it goes in and hits it kind of straight in the chest at this point Felix looks at Maximus kind of sees he's been a bit winded by the earthquake so his arm's going to glow blue Maximus is going to get some health back in response Arceus is going to disappear and then reappear behind Pratchett slamming into it with an extreme speed 24 normal damage on an extreme speed as well man. yeah so it just absolutely ploughs into Pratchett, hitting it for 24 normal damage. And it's now almost on top of all of you. How big is Arceus? Arceus is, um, I think it was 10 metres tall. Oh my god, that's huge. Fucking massive. So Rowdy's been uh, where all this rubble and uneven terrain had kind of been just churning up beneath him, trying to sort of stepping stone and avoid it as best he can with the earthquake. But takes this punishment, this kind of dark aura invades his senses and just rides in pain a little bit but shakes it off and chucks out come on rowdy let's give it all we've got here soul bomb with me and then hit it with an extreme speed chuck and rowdy are going to link up kick that off 25 to hit it's that's going to do 13 damage on the extreme speed it takes it yeah <laughs> you sure finish it and then chuck shouts okay everything you've got huge power close combat go for it off the bat not going to hit with a 16 but i'm going to choose to re-roll it yeah, one of them was a nat 20. Unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> 19? Doesn't hit. Doesn't hit. Wasted the huge power. That was so stupid. It was, you're right. That was so... I've got no idea why you did that, but I love that you did. As Rowdy tries to go in with the close combat, trips on one of these stones that he's been using as a stepping stone, kind of slips over, getting nowhere near the Arceus. His bunny ears just fall off him. Arceus glows white and you see 18 small discs appear from somewhere and they start to spin really 
twinkly around his abdomen. And for the first time, Arceus lets out a roar as a beam of black light smashes into the ground from the sky, sending out a wave of dark energy in an 80-foot circle. I need everybody to make dex save. 14 and a 10, 16. Everyone's going to fail that as well. Shot, checks on glows white, and he's going to re-roll that for a 25. Passes on the 25. Okay. And as this wave hits everybody, it's going to do 80 dark damage. Apart from Rowdy, who's only going to take half because he passed the evasion check. And then half because it's resisted. 8-0. Cheating hell. Ace is just laughing. He's just laughing. The power! Ultimate power! Felix knew that this was going to be a tough fight, but seeing the damage that Arceus is doing to everybody's team and their surroundings already is frightening. He shouts at Pratchett. Pratchett, dig in. I'm going to need you for a long time here, mate. Hit it with a Giga Drain. I'm going to re-roll that four. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would. And I rolled another four. After the save. I'm going to hit. So that, yeah, 14 won't hit. With the armor still encasing the Arceus, they fly out, but they just kind of like ping off, like something hitting like really sh shiny metal, just like just gleams off it. But with that, it does send a little memory of the very recent Cresselia and Darkrai fight into Felix's mind. At this point, his armor is going to go glow blue, and I'm going to give some more health back to Maximus at this point. Nice as well. The Chuck shouts to Rowdy. Come on, buddy. I know you can do this. Get to your feet. Why don't we try something a little bit simpler? Hit it with an aura sphere. So he's just going to sort of, he's on his back, and he's just basically going to fling an aura sphere up into the, the gut of Arceus. So it's going to be the last move, but it's not going to be disadvantaged. But it's, that's going to be 18 fighting damage. Uh, which will double. Come nice. on. Nice. Good. Good start. And then Chuck shouts. Okay, now extreme speed. Natural 19. 27 to hit. Hit. Better, better, better. So that's only going to be an 8 damage. Chuck's arm's going to glow blue as Rowdy gets him back at the end of his turn. Oh, 21 HP back. So I gave Rowdy the feat as he leveled up Savage Attacker, which is once per turn you can re-roll damage on a melee attack and use either total. The plates reappear and start spinning around again. Glows with like a metallic sheen. Takeshi shouts out while Red and Blue are pummeling into his Agron. Guys, just be careful. Those plates, I've read about them. It can change type depending on what plate hits it. Okay. Oh, Chuck shouts. Okay, got it. Remembers to use his best of feet the next turn. Try and get a bit more information about it. Arceus seeing Rowdy mm. batter it a little bit. Mm. Gonna go for a hyper beat. <laughs> Acer just shouts, get rid of that Rowdy, get rid of that Lucario. He's worried because he's seen the armor on the other two crack under the pressure of fighting types. 16. That's gonna hit, so I'm gonna oh, wow. I'm gonna politely ask you to re-roll that. 31. Yeah. Oh. Yes. What a re-roll. What a re-roll. For a minute fraction of a second, as this hyper beam charges, something in Arceus's eyes just flicker. And as you see it, the hyper beam just explodes in his own face. And after the dust settles, Arceus takes 22 damage to his own face. <laughs> and then Arceus is going to glow white again as it shakes off the effects 
of the hyperbeam and it seems to get a bit of its energy back after being drained from using so much Fuck it, he's just going to go for an extreme speed then on Rowdy instead. Fuck it, that is a 22. Yeah, it's going to hit. 22 normal damage as our Zelen disappears and reappears behind Rowdy this time and just batters him from behind with an extreme speed. Rowdy's got to beat 11 to maintain his concentration. Five. So the uh, the soul one, unfortunately, kind of gets him in the back a little bit. Chuck takes like a, a knock backwards and staggers backwards and is loses concentration. Felix finally kind of looked up and took in Arceus last turn, saw the silver flicker as this disc went in and also reminded himself that he's wearing this armor. He turns to Magmortar and goes, take aim, let's work on that armor, chip it off, hit it with a flamethrower. As Maximus powers up the attack, the discs appear and Arceus glows red as the discs spin round. Okay, it's fine. Still going to go for it. I'm going to re-roll that nut too. Yep. <laughs> my dice rolling has been terrible so far this morning. I've improved it to a nut three. Almost as bad as my decision making. 15 to hit, which I'm taking it is not going to hit. So I'm going to say the flamethrower hits Arceus, but because of the plate chain, mm. it just shakes off the flames and okay. nothing really happens. Felix is just sort of, he's trying to keep cool. He's not exasperated just yet. He's like, don't worry, buddy. We've got plenty of time. We'll get him yet. He sort of holds his arm out again, uh, which is going to glow blue, but this time Pratchett's going to get some health back. And Chuck shouts to Felix, I think, it's, I think it's a fire type now. I think it's able to change types on the fly, like Takeshi said. Um, he's going to use his professor feet as a bonus action. Yeah. So what moves has it got? Right, so Arceus has five moves. It knows extreme speed, punishment, earthquake, judgment, and hyper beam. Nice, okay. Okay, Chuck shouts to Rowdy, just start smashing away that armor. Let's get it with a bone rush. 16, I'm gonna re-roll that, that's better. 28, that hits, nice. 16 on the first one, let's roll a d4 to see if we can hit again. Four, so it does hit again. Nice, five, so 23, go again. The four, another seven, another four. So there's only a two though, so 32. What's that, Jack, would you? That's a three. And Savage Attacker, I'm going to re-roll that damage. With an eight. That's going to be 40 ground damage on that Bone Rush. So Rowdy's just got his bone out, and he's basically just... You know when it's like someone's got a lead pipe? <laughs> Every time. He's such a child. I love dick jokes. <laughs> There's your intro. You know someone's just got a lead pipe, and they're just banging it against like a girder or something like that. He's just slamming the legs of the armor, just trying to find weak spots. Just like an NPC in like a repair game that just looks like it... Bong, bong, bong. Yes. So 40 ground damage, which should be doubled to 80. Doubles to 80. Take 80 damage. That is a that is a good. That is a good that is hit. A good hit. And Chuck's arm's gonna glow blue, and Rowdy's gonna get his health back. Get a good amount of health out. He's gonna get 28 health. Chuck's like, yes, Rowdy, that's it. Come on, let's get this. Right, deck saves everybody. No, oh, I'm 30. Getting, I'm getting rid of these dice. Both of mine are below 10, so they've got no time to redeem themselves now. No. Okay, so Rowdy's gonna pass. The other two are going to fail so this time a beam of red light fires down onto the battlefield and spreads a wave of fire out oh fuck and it's gonna do 83 fire damage what? are you joking but rowdy passed so rowdy only takes half but, but it's gonna be double up to 83 maximus is gonna take half because he's fire type but pratchett will take the full 83 which will be doubled to 166 <laughs> I'm going to try and detect that. So I've got a bead 15, the 9, 
takes it. Does not detect it. After Chuck knew what the moves were, was not expecting a wave of fire to just engulf Rowdy. Magmortar puts its arms across its face to block it as much of this wave as possible. And like you say, because it is fire type, it kind of toasts him up a bit more, but he still does take a big chunk of damage. Pratchett, on the other hand, braces himself, digs his feet into the ground and just takes the brunt of this attack. With a giant wave of fire washes over him. And when the dust settles, Pratchett, legs splayed, is out for the count. No, you haven't got an energy ball off a glow. 166 damage. Fucking hell. And there was an 80 before that. Yeah. Felix tries to not show any emotion, but inside he is shitting himself. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you dare. He just leant over and turned Jack's Torterra blush upside down. <laughs> Felix brings Pratchett back to his ball. Almost kind of headbutts it in despair. Buddy, so sorry. Felix thinks we're gonna have to try something different. Reaches around the back of his belt and flings out Houdini into the battle. Wildcard. We're going wildcard early. Felix kind of strategies out of his mind at this point. Like before, even when we were sort of fighting Sigmund Freud, he's sort of got, oh, we know what Pokemon they've got. We know what we can do to them, blah, blah, blah. We're fighting the literal creator at the moment. He's just changing its tone. There's no, nothing top of the table, so Houdini is on the table. But right, just for a laugh, because it's the last episode, I'm going to say, if you roll a D100 for Metronome, yeah. and you get a 100, yeah. you can use Roar of Time. <laughs> Sweet. I get, well, I, get, I get two chances at that. You get the two oh. chances every time you do it. Sweet. Okay. As soon as Pratchett is withdrawn... Arceus disappears and reappears behind Lucario again. We're going to go for another extreme speed. Okay. It's going to do 21 to hit. Yep. Gonna hit. 15 normal damage. Involved, at least. This time, it just kind of stamps on Lucario with one of its like pointy hoofs. It. Hoofs. <laughs> yeah, just like, just goes for it. Just tries to pin him down with an extreme speed. Lucario's just snarling and just basically just got the hoof in two hands because it's so big. Just trying to stop it from being crushed into the ground. Felix. Felix looks up at this Arceus, being able to change its type on the fly and, and has been struggling to lay any meaningful damage on it so far. He sort of looks up and points a finger at the Arceus and goes, you may be able to change your type on the fly, but you can't pull moves out of nowhere. Houdini, metronome. So Houdini has cut. <laughs> I love that Houdini still has metronome. Yeah. Fighting an Arceus and he's just going to waggle his... Wing. When he came out in battle, he wasn't even phased by this Arceus. He just came out, he's that dust as buff. Just scratched his arse and was just like, eh, another day at the office. Houdini <laughs> starts to waggle his fingers from side to side and it just brings the familiar sense of nausea up through Houdini. He gets a rumble in his belly and it starts to come upwards. It reaches the back of his throat and it just sort of like touches his tonsils and makes him instantly throw up this purple bile that he shoots out at the Arceus. Gonna re-roll that. 19. Doesn't hit. What is wrong with my dice today? And it is more like Houdini just kind of throws up on himself with this. Like the, <laughs> he's just at the, at the top of this, at the top of Mount Coronet, he's got a bit of like altitude, altitude sickness. sickness. Yeah. It just kind of comes out and covers the front of his belly. 
with uh, a purple sludge. Doesn't do any damage to himself, but he just... <laughs> it's just a little... He just like a no, little... It's just, baby. Like, it's just like um, Groot in Guardians 2 after they go through the jump points. He's just sort of smiling. He just goes... Dribbles down his us. Chuck and Rowdy. Just checking out the Arceus. Is it still glowing red? Yes. So the process of that was Chuck's Professor Feet still kicking in. So he's going to get a plus two to hit. Chuck says, seeing the damage that he did before. Okay, keep, keep at it. Keep boning it. Dirty 20. Doesn't hit. Reroll. Oh, wait, hold on. 22 with the plus two. Doesn't hit. hit. Oh, yeah, we'll reroll that then. 26. Hits. Ah. Oh. Okay, I'm going to get a plus move. 27 ground damage on that one. I'm going to be doubled to 54. That is nice. Rowdy's doing I really need to help out in this fight. And Chuck's arm's going to go blow blue once more so Rowdy can get pulled from back. The Rowdy's basically just sort of spinning around. He managed to get away from the uh, the Arcus's hoof. Hoof stomps down. Rowdy just smashes it with a bone. And he's kind of running around all of the legs underneath it, just smashing it with uh, the bone. And Chuck says, okay, now slam into it. Slam into its gut with an extreme speed. No, 19. Arceus is going to glow white. And then he's going to slam into the ground and he's going to go for another earthquake. Yeah. Evasion checks. 21. 24 for Magmortar. Passes. I've got a 21 from Houdini. Fails. Yeah. Rowdy's going to try and detect that. 16. Come look at it. <laughs> so Rowdy's seen this move happen once before and it's almost a bit like the protect sphere that Mew uses. Yeah. So like crouches on the floor and he crosses his palms and glows blue in like a sphere around him. Well, the rocks are going to fly out of the ground anyway, clattering into Rowdy in the spear, but also clattering into Houdini and Maximus, and it's going to do 36 ground damage. So Magmortok passed, it will half of... Yeah, double. he'll take 36, and Houdini failed, so he's going to take 36. Yeah. Arceus, seeing the effects of the earthquake ripple through everybody, just goes in straight away for another earthquake. Oh my god. 28. That passes. Houdini gets a 24. Passes. Maximus gets a 16. Oh no. Yep, that's gonna fail. So yeah, the ground ripples again. The, the temple's starting to fall apart. The pillars that were standing that were left over from the previous battle thousands of years ago are, are starting to crumble and collapse. The tablet gets hit by a piece of rock and just bursts into more than the five pieces that it was in originally. And this earthquake is going to hit everybody for 25 ground damage. Knocks out Maximus. Maximus is just trying to keep his feet and ride the ripples and the waves of the earthquake, but he just gets sideswiped by a bit of the debris of one of the falling towers, just knocks him straight on his ass, and he is KO'd. Houdini is kind of oblivious to it, takes it fairly comfortably, but Felix now is very worried as two of his biggest powerhouses have just been decimated without getting much of an attack off. Felix recalls Maximus and tries to steal himself and grabs a Pokeball from his belt and goes, let's try something different. Let's get a bit weird. Inky, come on out. Ooh. Inky flies out and looks up at this giant mythical legendary beast and just laughs like he does. Just a big grin, 
spreads across his face and his fingers just sort of wiggle, just like with glee, like, yeah, I'm gonna have some fun here. Felix goes, let's try something different. Inky, put it to sleep. Hypnosis. So not something different. In terms of this battle, it's been trying to attack thing. Wisdom? Yeah, wisdom save. It's got like plus 50 of it. Yeah, I, I, yeah 22. Reroll it. 18? No, 16. Fails yet. Oh, 16 fails. This would have been a good time for uh, huge power, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blew my load very early. Yeah. I was just like, just fuck it, just get, get the you, damage, you, damage. You, you put the tip in and it just went off. Okay, Arceus is asleep. Cool. So Gengar is very proud of himself seeing this, seeing Arceus pretty much. Is it just got like little eye holes in his armor? Yeah, yeah. So we can just see those clothes as well. Green and red eyes, isn't it? That it's got. Mm -hmm. So it looks like it's the same color almost overall now as this, the rest of his armor. And Felix jumps and fist bumps the air, so happy that he's finally been able to lay a glove on this Arceus. And he's going to put his fist up in the air as his arm glows pink. I'm going to go for a second attack. And Felix shouts out, This Arceus has tormented us enough already. Put some thoughts in its head, Gengar. Nightmare. Dirty 20. Doesn't hit. Oh my god. I can't believe a 20 doesn't hit, man. I can. Never hit the Reggie Rock, did it? I don't know. Gengar grins and closes his eyes, puts his hand to his temple, and just shoots out a wave of dark energy at the Arceus. But it encases the armor, but it doesn't penetrate it. It just sticks around it. You can see it glowing before it starts to dissipate. Rowdy comes out with his protective sphere, just weathering the earthquake, kind of climbs out of the rubble that's underneath him. Still underneath the Arceus, the Arceus is now... He's noticed that before there were these terrible green and red eyes that have now closed, and he's going to go in with another bone rush. In 27 to hit. Uh, hits. Yeah. Sick. Going to do nine ground damage. Arceus is asleep, but even in its asleepness, it still glows white. And as the bone rush hits it, Rowdy feels something weird, and it well, it's going off. It's just it, it feels like none of the damage is going through. Almost like it's hitting jelly, it's just it's going wooden. You're like a force field that's protecting Arcea. Chuck get a sense that that's going to last the whole turn, or just for that attack? Uh, just for that attack. So in that case, Chuck's arm's going to glow pink. Right, he's going to go for another button rush. 23. Doesn't it? Oh my god. Right, we know it's AC now, I think. So Chuck sees Rowdy's, uh, Rowdy's bone rush is like, just not seemingly doing the damage that it was, and he's really confused. Extreme speed? Maybe it's just the ground type. Maybe it's changed its type again. Uh, dirty 20, not gonna hit either. No. So nothing seemingly is, seemingly is taking a, a effect on the Arceus. Arceus is gonna roll to wake up. 18 wakes up straight away. Yeah, I thought I'd only have one chance. Going to turn to Rowdy and use a hyper beam. 23 hits. So Rowdy hadn't noticed that he's woken up and is just still bouncing around underneath its, its legs trying to make some damage as Cody reaches for more dice. Yes. Arceus powers up his ball of energy and just fires it straight towards Rowdy and he's going to do 50 normal damage. Ooh, which luckily is halved to 25. There's gonna be a glow of white light around Arceus, and then he's gonna back that up with an extreme speed. Ooh. 25 should hit. Yep. 
This gives you 21 normal damage as... Stream speed? Following the hyperbeam, it just flicks Rowdy into <laughs> one of the pillars. Like a little dink, sends it flying to yeah. the side. Felix is just starting to lose it, trying to grasp onto anything, and he's just thinking, right, let's go for a double team. One of these has got a hit. So his arm's going to go pink straight off the bat. Inky, try and get his head. Hit it with a psychic. Natural 18. 28 to hit. Hits. Yeah, it's very good. Finally, Inky seems to be able to get into the head of the Arceus. Despite it being encased in this armor, you can kind of see its eyes are sort of flicking around really fast. That's the only thing. The rest of its body is still strong and tall. It just looks like something's in its head. That's going to do 23 psychic damage. Yep. And because I rolled a natural 18, Arceus is confused. Nice. Felix sees this. Again, you can't necessarily really tell, but even after the pink hue dissipates around from the psychic, Arceus's eyes are still going. Something's not quite right with it. Felix shouts to Houdini, follow that up, hit it with a metronome. So following that up, almost in time with the Arceus's eyes, Houdini's hands start to waggle for a metronome. Roar of time. Roar of time. Roar of time. Roar of... Oh, 50, 55. Houdini again starts to waggle and similar to the sensation of the previous move where he just ended up throwing up on himself, it just feels a bit more voluminous, but a bit smoother this, it's not chunky. It starts to feel it sort of burn the back of his throat as well and again launches with this attack out of its mouth as we're going to go for a scold. As the attack flies towards Arceus, the plates are going to appear and it's going to glow green. 17 doesn't hit anyways. So the, the scold just like bounces off the armour. Yeah. But it's now slightly greenish Arceus. Chuck's arm is going to glow pink. You can sense Rowdy doesn't have much energy left in him. Panting away. Quite a long time to get back up from being crashed into the spear before. And Chuck shouts, everything you've got. Close combat twice. One's in that one. The one's a 28. Which one did you roll first? I rolled them at the same time. All right, we'll go with the 28 first, but then the nat one is going to do the damage. He's going to do the damage to himself. Himself? Now you want a close combat, you get pummeled. Kamikaze, so he's going to do 35 fighting damage. So as, yeah, so Rowdy goes in with a close combat and just starts to pummel the armor surrounding Arceus. And then as it is continuing on for a second turn, it just it's just the cramp, the lactic acid. It's been in this fight for a while, it's just starting to build up, and instead Arceus just boffs it to one side. <laughs> As he punches himself in the face on the nat one. And Rowdy's then, down. Then he's going the through the air and he still thinks he's in front of the Arceus, so he's still punched. <laughs> he's, he's just hitting him mentally gone, body still working. And Rowdy's down for the count and out of this fight. Done bit so far though. Finally. I just thought I've got two people. I've got 25 HP, two PP on close combat. Just going for it. Do it, yeah. <laughs> Seeing the green plates surrounding the Arceus, Chuck just thinks to himself. There's only one girl for the job. Boomer, come on out. So we're going to start off with a plate change. Brown? Right, okay. Like a rock. Ready brown? A ready brown. Like a rocky brown. Rock or a brown, okay. Off brown's quite yellow. But huh? Fighting maybe. Oh yeah. yeah. After having been put asleep, Arceus is going to try for a punishment on Inky. Mm. So, you are confused. Confused. 
explosion. Hurt yourself and confused. Yes! I've won. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Didn't wear it. So, again, Arceus charges up this dark beam, but Inky blows a raspberry in its face. <laughs> For some reason, that puts it off, and this dark beam just blows up in Arceus's face. It can take 43 damage to itself, however, that is halved because of resistances. Sort of bracing himself to see Inky get hit by a big attack and seeing essentially that Arceus tried to let this attack outwards but kind of get contained by its own armor and push down its own body. Felix shouts to Inky, that's it, you're in its head, hit it again, get inside its brain, hit it with a psychic. Yeah, we'll re-roll this eight, come on. Inky's not able to get into his head. He's still too busy blowing raspberries and sort of celebrating that the Arceus didn't attack it last turn. Felix kind of getting a little bit dejected. He's trying all these different tactics and things. Just as he starts to seem to turn a corner, don't quite work. His arm's going to glow blue, so Houdini can get some health back, but he's just going to take a minute and sort of physically take a step back while Chuck's attacking next to recalibrate and get himself set. Arceus is going to go for another plate change. So the plates fly around him. This time he's going to glow black. Okay. Black wave sort of emanates around. Or black sheen sort of goes around Arceus. Okay. It's changed what I was about to do. Boomer and Inky are just swirling around the Arceus now, just trying to get pot shots in where they can. Boomer's sort of circling around, looking for an opportunity to strike. Sees the plate change or sees the Arceus potentially a little bit distracted. Chuck says, turn up the heat. And what Boomer does is look up towards the sky and just sends this fireball up into the air, which kind of just blocks out the sun and seemingly becomes like this mini sun. And with her new ability, we call it Sunny D. However, Boomer has changed the, changed the weather of the battlefield to harsh sunlight for five turns. It's turn one. Rolls an 11 on the Inferno, so I'm going to re-roll that because the 22 is not going to hit. Doesn't hit. 17. Doesn't hit. Okay. Arceus will retaliate with a punishment on Boomer. Okay. Punish him. Hurts itself in confusion again. Yes. Get in. This time adding stab damage to the punishment. And again, the same thing happens. This black beam just erupts, but is concentrated on Arceus instead. And it's going to take 20 dark damage. But it's no longer confused. It's no longer confused. That wakes it up. Okay. Seeing the black explosion around Arceus after the plate change. Felix looks at Houdini who is kind of, he's like sort of, she's sort of scratching under her arms. And as she does so, the nunchucks fall out. It reminds Felix that he's given them to her to hold. It's under a fat roll. And he's kind of like real Hail Mary kind of thing. He's not particularly contributed too much to this fight other than the last couple of turns with the confusion. And Felix shouts, yes Houdini, use them. Karate slam that thing. And in Houdini's mind, he hears karate. She looks down at the nunchucks and as she bends down to pick them up, all you can hear in all she can hear in her mind is <laughs> Felix is like, that's it! Remember the routine! Do it, girl! Please pass that Gets an eleven. Yeah. So it's the fighting type. No, it's got a hit. Yeah, it turns the move to the fighting type. Turns the move to the fighting yeah, flourish. type. With a flourish of the nunchucks, she's sort of stepping in towards the music playing in her head. And if any onlookers, if Takeshi turns around or anybody looks at this at the moment, just seeing a dancing 
Snorlax with nunchucks about to try and bop this Arceus. It looked very strange. I'm going to re-roll that nut three. Change your fucking dice. That's the third one I've had to get rid of. My third D20 I've had to get rid of. Better. Natural 17. 27 to hit. Hits. Go for that. Perfect. Felix has finally shown up to this fight. Felix cries out as it looks for all intents and purposes that as Houdini launches with this nunchuck, he's going to make contact on the sort of underbelly of the Arceus. 24 fighting damage with this karate slurry. Very good. Doubles to 48. Very Doubles good. Doubles to 48. And you hear like it hits the armor and all the other, most of the, most of the other attacks that Felix has done, you can kind of hear like a, it's like kind of glance off or gleam off, but this sounds like a full on crack, like a really good hit to the underbelly. Not necessarily doing anything to the armor, but you know the Arceus belt that one. You see a tiny speck of a crack appear in the armor. Yes. Seeing that fills Chuck with some confidence and just shouts to Boomer, Scorched her, flamethrower. So Arceus is gonna need to make an evasion check. 22. Yeah, passes. So 36 plus 15, 51 plus two, 50 sorry, powers, 53 fire damage. And half to 26, half to him. And Chuck just shouts, keep going, again. As his arm blows pink. So again. Do it again. Flamethrower. 18. Fails. Ooh. Okay. Arceus glows white. 10. Fails. Fails by more than five, so becomes burned. Oh. Such is the re-roll. Took to the risk. So that was a real re-roll. 79 fire damage total, plus a burn. Boomer is just scorching Earth right now, much like the Charizard VMAX LR. <laughs> She's effectively like hovering over the Arceus now, so if you were looking underneath her from the Arceus perspective, she's like blocking out the sun. She's absorbing as much of this solar power as possible. Arceus's turn comes around and it rides in pain as the burn damage hits it. In response to that, it glows white and the burn just seems to fade away. So it's going to use its attack to use an extreme speed. Be extremely speed. And it's going to hit Boomer for hitting it with two infernos in a row. Will hit with a 25. Yeah, that will hit with a 25. 22 normal damage Whoa. as the now non-burnt Arceus just disappears and reappears behind Boomer and just plows into it with like its shin because it's so big. It went for a shoulder barge, but it just clips it <laughs> shin dead. And Boomer starts spiraling towards the one of the pillars, manages to just catch her flight, starts swooping around again. Felix. Felix is up. Felix is up. It's still black still black felix shouts out to houdini who is still twirling the nunchucks around in a dance-like fashion come on again karate slam 12 so the pass passes the flourish yep so i will turn it to a fighting move i'm gonna re-roll that nut too yep come on houdini don't fail me now 21 won't hit will it oh, 21 won't hit so houdini is able to successfully not hit herself with the flourish, but this time she's only just landed from getting up to the underbelly. Jumps up and almost just reaches, you just hear a little scrape of metal as the tip of the nunchuck reaches the armor, but it just sort of sounds like nails on a chalkboard and doesn't make a full connection. Felix sort of sinks back down again, trying not to get too cocky. But we're gonna use, uh, his arm's gonna go blue again to get some health back to Houdini. Arceus is going to go for a plate change as the plates spin round it once more. Arceus, the, so the plate stops spinning a little brown sheen. 
Roll up Tony Brown. <laughs> <laughs> we working on the factory floor. Making chocolate rollers for the kids to buy at the store. Or steal from vending machines if you go see. What tunes? Roll on, roll on, Tony. Seeing the damage that the flamethrower was doing, Chuck just shouts to Boomer. Keep going, keep going, as much as you can give it. So, evasion check from the Arcus, please. 22. Yeah, that passes. 37. Halved. And then halved again. Or the ground oh, is ground or wrong. Boomer has elemental adept and attacks ignore resistance for chosen type. Another chink appears <gasps> in oh. the armor. And seeing that, Boomer just feels vindicated and just like another level of flame just comes out of her. Scorching the Arceus's back. So another evasion check from the Arceus, please. 15. Fails. Arceus glows white. Yeah. 16. Still fails. Beautiful. Nice. So 40. So that one's going to do 46 fire damage. As Boomer saw the chink in the armor, takes another deep breath in and just unleashes this massive gout of flame, just scorching all the way down in a line on the Arceus's back. Arceus, upon taking that attack, lets out a giant roar once more and rocks just start to fall from the sky out of nowhere affecting the entire battlefield and both Chuck and Felix like dive for cover. Even you see across the battlefield, Red, Blue, Takeshi and Dwayne, who's now got Flash on his shoulder, are jumping under some debris to try and cover themselves. Uh, everyone needs to make a evasion check. 30. 30 passes. Oops, sir. 12. Fails. And probably like an eight, yeah, eight. So they both fail, so they're going to take the full amount. Everyone's going to take 64 rock damage as these rocks just plough down. So obviously Boomer will take half, but then it will double for the, the 64, yeah. Uh, super effectiveness. And both of Felix's Pokemon will take 64 damage. Yep. It's probably that's actually the first time that Gengar's been hit in this battle so far. Probably should have said that out loud. <laughs> the anger on Arceus as he roars out again. And glows white and prepares an attack but something stops it <gasps> the ball of dark light that was about to hit inky oh. just dissipates oh billy had braced himself seeing the darkness arise out of arceus but seeing it dissipate wants to act quickly knowing things can change on a flash with this arceus and kind of getting a sense of what's happening with the plate changes and then the judgment coming down Felix looks at Houdini and goes, I need you, buddy, one more time. Waggle those fingers. Let's do something epic. Metronome. Roar of time. 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 56 is the first one. Look. Fling. Fling. Just fling the nunchuck. Fling. Fling the nunchucks. 51. Steel wing. Houdini waggles his fingers and starts to feel a rumble in his belly, but as it starts to come up, he sort of feels it gets stuck around his lung, around her lungs. And it's like, where, where is this is a weird feeling? I've never felt this before. And it kind of, the sensation bursts out of her back and 
a bit like Echo in Overwatch transforming into somebody else. As you've said, Cozy, it's almost like Houdini lifts off the air and becomes Angel from X-Men and these steely wings protrude from her fur and she launches her, she's face is expressionless, it's just blank as she's just like hurtling towards the Arceus <laughs> with these wings gleaming and she barrel rolls into the Arceus at the last minute and with a 23 to hit. Are you... What? Doesn't hit. We roll it. Yeah, I'm going to re-roll it. Don't know why I'm bothering today. That's another dice I'm getting rid of. Arceus grabs Houdini in midair with its mouth and just throws it on the floor before it can get the steel wing off. <laughs> I've done not a lot of... The most damage I've done to this Arceus was confusing it with that sidekick and it's done it to itself. Mm. So, chucking Houdini, like... He knows how heavy Houdini is, and for Arceus to just fling it around like a fucking piece of ham terrifies him. Seeing the armor just, and seeing the Arceus basically pause for thought before activating its move, Chuck shouts to Felix, I think he's waking up. I think, come on, keep going, we can do this. Chuck's gonna look for more weak points around the armor, so he's gonna activate his professor feet, and Felix also gets plus two to his attack rolls. Thank you. Well, I'm evading those. Could've done with that last time. Could've, Could've done that many times. Boom is going to go with an Inferno, uh, and with a three, doesn't hit. She sends a fireball towards the Arceus, but the Arceus is still in movement after flinging Houdini around. So then Chuck's arm glows pink, and he says, Okay, forget about it. Just send as much fire as you can in its direction. Flamethrower. Can I make an evasion check, please? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Critical hit. Crit. You have to get a crit. Yeah, Matt won it, didn't he? Matt won out one of the evasion checks. No, it goes aim to join for it. We can do 47 fire damage, but on a critical hit, it's going to do 94 damage and inflict a burn. Time to fucking show up, Boomer. So Boomer flies up and is, uses its speed to get round Arceus's sort of head. Narcissus is just trying to follow it and trying to follow it. And then as it's just like spinning round, Boomer sees a spot on his back where the armor is sort of like chinked. Mm. And it just releases this flamethrower but manages to get like in the same speed and rotation as Arceus so instead of moving round it it moves with it and it nice. sends this flamethrower into this exact spot for the entire attack. Nice. nice. Landing on that critical hit and doing a massive massive chunk of damage. Come on Boomer. Arceus roars. Rops fall from the sky again but this time it glows white and the rock falls just it's longer and longer and longer and more rocks are just hitting so i need two evasion checks two like twice it's gonna do it twice oh i see fucking do hell next yeah yeah 28 on the first and only a 22 on the second 24 and 22 for inky and houdini on the first one and then 22 and 13 for houdini Houdini only fails its second one. Yeah. Everyone else passes all the rest. Yes. Oh. So as the first barrage of rocks falls down and hits everybody, you all scatter trying to avoid the attacks. But each of you are going to take six... Each of your Pokemon are going to take 61 rock damage. Right. Which will be halved to 30. To 30 for everybody. And then Boomer will double again. And then, just as you think it's over, more rocks start falling from the sky and hit everybody else. Hit everybody again for a further 68 rock damage. God, God. everybody. But Inky. Inky, so that's half to 34. But Boomer and 
uh, Boomer and Houdini will take 68. Houdini is able to gracefully kind of pirouette away from the first set of rocks that come down. And she sort of finishes with a flourish with the nunchucks and smiles at Felix as she does so. Felix goes, look out! As you can see another giant boulder heading straight towards the... But she doesn't understand. She's just still there grinning like, I do it again? Yeah? Yeah? And this boulder just comes from behind and flattens her almost like she's belly slamming the ground. And Houdini's down. Felix, Felix, no roar of time. No roar of time. Felix cries out, Houdini! And runs over because this boulder's like buried her pretty much. But thankfully she's big enough where it's not completely squashed her like a pancake. Felix returns her to his uh, to a ball and you see the boulder sort of fall another couple of feet as it hits the floor. He holds her ball to her head and goes, you never fail to amaze. Thanks, girl. Get a good rest. I mean, Boomer can't be doing too good either. It's just taking... He's not doing very well at all. He's just taking a hundred and odd damage. 128. And Arceus, still in absolute pain, then zips over to Boomer and smashes into her again with an extreme speed. Come on. 28 to hit. Yeah. Mercy. Doing 20 normal damage. Oh, I... What HP? Oh my god. What <laughs> <laughs> HP? Oh. Just, you just did 148 damage to me in one turn. Yeah. Endgame is endgame is endgame. You're a monster. <laughs> Felix. Felix has to hit. Felix has re recalled uh, Houdini through her ball after that giant barrage of rocks. He looks at his two remaining Pokeballs left. Looks at Boomer. Boomer is, at the moment, she's pinned down onto the ground. She's got one rock with one of her wings sending her into a spiral. And then another one just smashes on the neck, on her neck behind her head. Sending her neck to kind of crank upwards. Just as she sees the Arceus just moving above her. And then just sending her crashing into the ground with its extreme speed. Chuck has no idea whether she's dead or alive. Felix cries out, Chuck, Boomer! He puts one ball to his waist quickly and seeing what's going on, tries to twin telepathy to Chuck and say, Boulder Bros, and out comes Reptar. Whipping up the sandstorm with the sheer amount of debris that's out there already as Reptar enters the battle. And not one to be phased with an almighty roar, stares down Arceus and is going to use some of the debris and throw these rocks at Arceus for a rock slide. 20. So Tyranitar is able to chuck a good amount of rocks at Arceus, but with the armor still on, you can tell it doesn't quite make as much of a dent, so you're going to take half of 24, so you take 12 rock damage. Chuck's screaming for... Screaming... Maloney here, okay? <laughs> Chuck's screaming out for Boomer because he can't see her now with the sandstorm whipping up into a frenzy, but then just sees a flicker of flame through a gap in the sand and they make eye contact for two seconds. And while they're making eye contact, she just gets conked with a stone. And Chuck's like, Boomer, no! And you just see her just slow motion, just net, just crash against the floor. Chuck returns her to the Pokeball, thinking of the damage she could have done if she'd just had one more turn. But then thinks, hold bros. Sends out Mako into the sandstorm. So Garchomp comes out into the sandstorm, sees this Arceus, and sees Reptile just trying to smash it with some boulders. 
dives to the floor underneath the Arcus's, Arcus's feet. It's going to go with an earthquake. So you've got to do a physical check. 15. That is going to fail. Lovely. You do 30 ground damage. Double to 60. Takes it. Double to 60, though. And the ground underneath the Arceus just it's, it's smashed with so many earthquakes, it's just even more perilous terrain. Like a sea of debris. And Mako just dives into the sand. Acer starts to shout, No, 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 no! As you see cracks appear in the armour. You start hearing Acer's cries, the shouts, Come on, we're close! Jewel chop! One's gonna miss, one's a 27. Hit. Oh, he's on the road. 26 dragon damage. And the armor shatters. Yes! Come on. <laughs> oh, come on. So as your final attack hits, the metal armor shatters and drops off Arceus and just falls to the ground. Sandstorm dissipates as Tyranita goes, this is not the time. This <laughs> <laughs> must be cinematic as. And Arceus falls to the ground, struggling to stand. Felix sinks to his knees, but almost sort of like with his arms up in the air, like a real Shawshank Redemption moment, just he screams out, yes! Garchomp swoops round and lands next to Chuck seem very satisfied with a job well done. He bends his crown to Chuck's sort of head height and Chuck scratches him on the head and turns to Acer and says, do you see what I told you? Slowly, Arceus gets to its feet and it lets out another roar. It causes the entire mountain to shake. At the same time, the armor containing Mew disintegrates. Oh. Mew flies over to Arceus and with a small cry releases a pink aura that envelops the godlike creature you see. And you see the cuts and bruises covering Arceus's body start to heal. You feel your own scrapes and bruises disappear, as well as those of your Pokemon. And you see Cherry and Winston get to their feet. Flash sits up, panting heavily. Takeshi and Dwayne stand tall to face the two ancient Pokemon. No, 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 no! Him, no! Shadow Ball! Shadow Ball! And Ace is just screaming, but nothing happens. Hypno! Hypno! And you all turn to see the Hypno just sitting on the floor. Broken pieces of what were its collar in its hands. Hypno looks at Acer and with a look that you've never seen a Pokemon give before, like a mixture of anger and sorrow all in one, lifts its hand and Acer screams as he is lifted off the ground. What are you doing? No, Hypno, put me down, put me down! But Hypno holds him in place as Arceus, now floating in the air once more, turns to Acer. The last time I was here, I was shown that humans and monsters could work together build a world where both could flourish. But you have single-handedly tried to undo what took others thousands of years to achieve. And you tried to control the power of the gods to do it. If you had succeeded, who knows what damage you could have done to this world. You tried to take away the joy of so many, 
you say to stop a conflict that hasn't happened in thousands of years? I don't think so. This may have been your goal when you started walking this path. But once you got a taste of the power that comes with control, you couldn't stop yourself from trying to spread that control to only further your personal agenda. To make this world bend to your ideals, even I don't exercise that power. By using the power that you sought, there is no point in living. To lose all free will, what kind of existence is that? And Ace uh, starts to argue back, but is cut off. Silence! I'm going to roll a d20. Acer hisses his pants. <laughs> just water droplets as he goes deadly, he goes deadly quiet, and you just hear the pitter patter of like liquid on the like, out of him, just like a little dust like, as it hits the ground beneath. If you are so desperate to feel the power of the gods, I shall give you but a taste of that power, and we shall see if you are worthy of wielding it for yourself. And the plates surrounding Arceus start to spin once more, getting faster and faster until a beam of energy shoots down from the sky, engulfing Acer, where he is held floating above the ground. You don't even hear a scream, but as the beam of energy disappears, there is only a cloud of dust where Acer was, and it is carried away by the wind. Hypno falls to its knees, and struggling to stay up, succumbs to exhaustion and collapses on the floor, as Oak and Mallory run over to help it. Arceus turns to you. You two again. For the second time now, you have defended this world and proved that both monster and human are worth fighting for. This time, I thank you. Arceus bows its head to the tip of its snout is almost touching the floor. And then with another almighty roar and a flash of bright white light, Arceus disappeared. Mew floats around you as Takeshi, Dwayne, Flash, Red, Blue, Dark Rite and Cresselia all join you. Nooker helps Cherry and Winston over as Blue cries out as he notices Professor Oak moving towards you. Mallory runs over to Takeshi and Harry, Felix's dad, moves over to Felix, pulling him into what at first seems like a really awkward embrace. <laughs> Darkrai and Cresselia come over to you two. Thank you, little ones. You have made our ancestors proud of what you've achieved. Felix reciprocates the embrace to his dad for the first time in a long time, but hearing Cresselia sort of heals away night like kindly to sort of turn to face Cresselia and Darkrai says, no, thank you. We couldn't have done this without all your help along the way. Chuck's released, um, he's released Boomer, he's got Rowdy, he's got basically everyone out and he kind of just looks at everyone. He says, don't, don't thank me, Cresselia, thank, thank them. They did the work. And just turns to everyone, just uh, turns to Boomer especially and just holds onto her neck and says, I just, I will never have the words. Cresselia turns to the entire crowd of you and everybody hears her as she says, Now Hypno is free of the bracer and its control over the hypnotized has faded. Everything should go back to normal. And 
red and blue, although blue's happy seeing his granddad, they do both look really like confused as to yeah. where they are. They know something big has happened, but at the same time they're just glad that like everyone's alive. Red, obviously, not saying a word. <laughs> Mew is ecstatic, and it rubs its cheeks against both of yours, flying around your group in excited circles, letting out cries that sound happy. And as Mew stops, it looks at you both with a smile on its face and a happy tear in its eyes Yay. as it cries with joy. And it glows pink, and you feel the pulling sensation of being pulled through a thin tube as you are teleported away. The smell of the fresh sea air fills your nostrils. As you stand outside, there's a Storatown Conference Center. A big sign above the entrance that reads, Welcome to Joy-Con <laughs> 55. <laughs> Joys from every region, as well as doctors and a few general public, file into the building, chatting happily with each other as they head in. Are you two going in, or are you just going to stand there staring at the door? And Gram Gram waddles past you, leaning on her cane, blissy side. So Chuck's like, he's still sporting some kind of cuts and bruises, that were like some kind of leftovers from the fight, but he's got Boomerang with him, Acorn's kind of scurrying around his neck. Chuck's looking up, and he's like visibly really excited. He turns to Felix and says, I, I can't wait for you to see this, like... Usually there's there's so much going on. Usually there's like people showing off all the latest gadgets, all the like healing stuff, what people have been up to across the regions. I, I wonder if my superpowers could make me make me the world's greatest Pokemon doctor. I mean, you know, I've kind of been thinking about what I want to do now this is all kind of over. I was maybe seeing Cherry might mentor me, help me look into this more, you know, like bond between human and Pokemon. I think there's just so much more to it that could be discovered. Anyway, forget about that for a moment. The, best thing and you've got to see it we've got to get really good seats usually there's like an exhibition match between two famous pokemon trainers so i wonder who it's going to be maybe it's going to be lance or i don't know red and blue now they're back out of their kind of coma felix all this time has a it starts off with like a slight smirk as chuck starts speaking but seeing him get more and more animated the smile on felix's face grows he's got pratchett out by his side and as always he's got his hand on his shell just kind of keeping him grounded and and sensible. He goes, easy buddy, easy. You're gonna need some of that energy to explore this whole thing. It's huge. You didn't tell me it was this big. Duh, like every town has a joy. So how many joys do you think there were? <laughs> Felix is kind of like fake counting on his fingers like how many joys they've come across. Well, they're my immediate family. You've got Gram Gram, Gertrude, Polly. <laughs> and you both head inside the convention. So as you walk through the convention, you pass Kai who is covered in bandages, <laughs> be it a fussed oh, on yeah. by the Misty Island's Joy, her Chansey and his Wigglytuff. <laughs> and he beams at you and gives you a wave before pointing at Joy and then his bandages and then giving you the okay hand gesture. <laughs> uh, nodding and looking very smug. Quite clear that he's getting well looked at. Oh yeah. Joy and Chansey don't see him, but his Wigglytuff scolds him conquered him right in the middle of the head and you see a lump starting to rise as the halo starts to fly. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. 
After you've walked the aisles and Chuck has been stopped by almost every joy you see, you hear your names being called. Felix! Chuck! And you turn around to see Felix's mum, Oriel, dressed <laughs> in a lavish outfit, walking towards you arm in arm with a very familiar looking face. Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck gone. <laughs> this delightful young man has all offered to show me around outside, and he's been ever so nice. And Doug smiles at her and says, It's been a pleasure to share my company with you, someone as beautiful as you. And Oriel giggles, but Doug stops in his tracks when he notices that it's you who she's talking to. And he's sort of stuttering, like, uh, 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 and going a few shades paler in the face. Then, from behind you, <gasps> you hear another familiar voice. There you are. Oriel, look what I found. Pidgeotto and Porygon Puffins. <laughs> and, and Harry runs over, Felix's dad, as Oriel lets go of Doug and runs over to join your dad. A smile beaming across her face as she puts her arm around his waist while looking at Doug goes to move, reaching out after Oriel, but finds his feet have been frozen to the ground. <laughs> what, what, the, what the ground on? And behind him, but not in full view of yourselves, and it's always supposed to be PZ, so I'm going to keep going PZ. <laughs> PZ's head rises over Doug's shoulder like in a scary movie and with an angry look on his face he proceeds to just start smacking Doug with both of his fins like imagine a cat fight with head pointing away and he's just like smacking one <laughs> and then out of nowhere something small and pink flies through the air crashing into Doug's chest and the ice holding him in place smashes as Doug just flies off over some of the stalls, landing with a crash somewhere in the distance. <laughs> PZ and Junior the Happy yeah. high five before PZ zips back to Felix's parents and Junior jumps up at Chuck before climbing up and sitting on your head. Chuck beams at Junior and says, oh, Junior, I knew I'd see you here today. How's the training going? Maybe we should, uh, you know, see, why don't you try and teach me a thing or two? Happy! Felix reaches into his backpack and gives PZ a little scrumble under the chin, gives a little scratch and goes, here, you definitely deserve this, and holds out a carton of Moo Moo milk for him. P oh. PZ's head just starts spinning, <laughs> and he like grabs it and just eats the carton. <laughs> I can't believe I've never been to one of these before. And your group turns to see Professor Oak and Blue walking towards you. Well, Gramps, you don't travel as much as you used to. You're no spring chicken, you know. Well, no, you're no spring dodo, you know. <laughs> no duo. Do duo, you know. You're no spring do duo, you know. Or, yeah, that's a, that's a good chicken. No, Torchic. you're no spring torchic, you know. And the cheeky smile spreads across Blue's face as you see Professor Oak, Blue, Takeshi, Cherry and Winston walking over together. I think this occasion calls for a poem. <laughs> no, 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 Gramps. Remember, you came here for a reason. You can't keep her waiting any longer. And you see Cherry is beaming, rocking back and forth on the balls of her feet, her arms behind her back. Ah, yes, very true. Ahem. 
I have an important announcement. In light of recent events and with the demise of he who will not be named, it seems that the region of Yume is once again without a Pokemon professor. Who can help young trainers start on their journey? Well, it is with great pleasure that I can announce that as head of the Professorship Appointment Council, I can introduce you to the new Yume Professor, Professor Cherry Blossom! We all start to whoop and cheer. Cherry goes really red and Wickston <laughs> is like... Enjoy, <laughs> young trainers. <laughs> He's got his lab coat on. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I thought you two were the worst of my problems. Now I have to give out Pokemon to more of you little brats. <laughs> I also have an announcement. And Takeshi steps forwards. This last year has made me realise that I am not getting any younger. So I have made the decision to retire as champion. And this year will be the first year where the championship final will feature two new trainers who will battle it out to see who will be the next Yume champion. So if I were you two, I would spend the next month training hard. And he winks at the... You little scoundrel. So the day sort of passes on and you're enjoying yourself. Lance against Cynthia in an amazing battle in the middle of this um, that ends with a lot of joys rushing onto the stage at the end of it to get Lance's autograph. (laughs) And a lot of doctors running to the stage. Kai bounding over in all these bandages (laughs) to speak to Cynthia. Oriel's sort of looking there like, no one recognises me here. This is weird and I don't like it, but it's also fantastic. (laughs) As not one person has asked her for an autograph yet. But you're walking among the stalls just about to pack up and head home, saying a hello to a lot of the joys from around the world that recognise Chuck when you hear a voice at one of the stalls. And in case of emergency, I can use it just like an umbrella. And standing in front of a bewildered old woman holding a bedpan over his head, you see a man in his late 20s with dark brown spiky hair wearing blue scrubs and a white doctor's coat, a blissy at his side with her head in her hands, just like, oh, blissy, 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 blissy. There you are, Chuck. I've been looking for you everywhere. And you turn around to see Chuck's mum walking over, bags, shopping bags full of gadgets, potions, everything you can (laughs) get hands on at Joy-Con. And she starts talking to you, but she trails off as she sees the man holding the bedpan over his head. (laughs) Brock? Is that you? And the man lowers the bedpan and turns, facing your mum as his eyes turn into heart shapes. (laughs) Joy! Is that... is that you? And a Pokeball bursts from his belt, releasing a crow (laughs) whose hand immediately glows purple as he pulls it back for a punch and then stops when he sees Chuck's mum and instead runs over to her with his arms wide and just jumps into her arms. Chuck's just thinking this whole thing is really weird. 
Mum, what's going on? Who's this? Felix. Should I, should I roll to see if I've got a nod? Yeah. What, what am I rolling? Investigate? I think Chuck would be oblivious. I think you should just... Yeah, roll... Roll wisdom. Roll wisdom. Yeah. Finally, I rolled something good today. <laughs> Nat 19 becomes a 21. Yeah. So, Felix has kind of cottoned on to what's going on here and obviously experiencing something very similar during this campaign. He puts a hand on Chuck's shoulder and kind of gently pushes him forward and goes, I think you should say hello. As Chuck sort of stumbles forward, like, what are you doing? Joy, your mum, says, uh, Chuck, this is Brock. And you sign up, you kind of recognise him because you know Brock is like the gym leader, but he's in a doctor's outfit and you're like, what? Yeah. He used to be the gym leader in Pewter City. Brock, this is Chuck. And like a mirror, <laughs> Felix, you both... <laughs> It looks like it's almost like a mirror. Chuck and Brock both raise out your hands, the same hand, and wave in unison. <laughs> Phoenix, you, you, you're just looking at the pair of them with a smile on your face. And just see, like, apart from the colour of Chuck's hair, which he obviously inherited from his mother's side, looks exactly like Brock. Even down to the small mannerisms, like the way their eyes widen sideways when they laugh, both putting their hands on their stomach and leaning backwards as they scratch the back of their heads and let out a big sigh. And then Joy just bursts into tears, in her happy tears, seeing something she never thought she'd see. And also thinking, fuck, I've got a lot of explaining to <laughs> And the scene goes white. It's been two months since the event at the top of Mount Coronet, and you both find yourselves alone in separate changing rooms, your Pokemon surrounding each of you. There's a slight tension in the air for both of you, and after you check your teams over, swapping over any items you need, and making sure everyone is ready, you withdraw your teams, all except for Boomer and Pratchett. And you look down at the tattoo on your wrist and just think about everything that has led you to this moment. And an odd peace comes over you as the dormant tattoo that has not glowed, it hasn't pained, it's nothing, is just a reminder of the journeys you've been on and reminds you of each other as you sit in your dressing rooms. And without knowing it, simultaneously you both stand up and enter a long corridor, surprised as you come face to face out of opposite doors. <laughs> you hear through loudspeakers that echo down the corridor. And here we are, folks, the grand final of the Yume Championship Tournament. It's been a long road to get here, but boy, do we have a match for you. And then you hear Takeshi's voice. We sure do, Jeff. I have the honour of knowing both of these competitors personally, and I can't tell you how excited I am. I couldn't think of any two trainers who deserve it more. Well, if you were a betting man, do you know who you'd put your money on? Even if I wanted to, Jeff, I couldn't call it. These two have been unstoppable leading up to the final. It isn't a match I would be betting on. And they go into loads of analysis of both your past previous matches as you hear a rumble from above you. I want to say your last words to each other. Oh my god, I don't know what to say! <laughs> Felix takes out a pocket knife and stabs 
Just takes out his <laughs> boot knife and starts <laughs> you out up to the eye. It's like the end of uh, a squid game. <laughs> yeah. Chuck, in his classic Chuck pose, is standing there, he's tossing a pokeball up and down, he's, and he's got his other hand and the back of his head scratching, and he looks across the battlefield at Felix and says, Hey, buddy, long time no see. I didn't think you were going to make it this far. <laughs> we all know there's only going to be one winner after today, and I'm taking that championship. Felix, in his customary pose with his hand on Pratchett's shell, puts his other hand in his pocket and kind of scoffs a bit at Chuck and goes, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're very confident. I mean, I've seen some of your performances. Have you not been training at all? You and Boomer, you're looking a bit podgy over there. <laughs> you call it podgy. Like, yes, you might like a little, uh, you know, a few extra saffron shakes after a win, but, you know, <laughs> says the guy that's guzzling moo milk all day. <laughs> yeah, the top of Felix's lip has, like, turned, started to go a bit paler than the rest of his skin. He's like, hey, <laughs> you know what we've been through. I earned this. Then, yeah, they sort of laugh and sort of, Taking the seat, so we're we're out on like the battlefield at this point. No, you're in the corridor. We're in the corridor you're before. Like right, you're stood in, in the tunnel, the tunnel yeah. that's about to go out. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the team's lining up in the tunnel. Yeah. going out. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Felix kind of takes a beat, and just you can kind of hear the clamour and the, you know, the chants. You know, you've got people going Chuck, 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 Felix, Felix, like as you would do. He reaches out and puts an arm on Chuck's shoulder, and gives him a sort of wry smile, and goes, all jokes aside. I still can't believe how far we've come. That first day when we met at the lab, I mean, I don't think it's any secret that I didn't particularly like you. <laughs> but yeah, then I, 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 you gave off very weird vibes, dude. Like, yeah. I just <laughs> didn't know what to make of you, to be honest. I thought I was just going to be stuck with, like, this weeb for, like, <laughs> months on end. I was trying to shake you at certain points. I thought I'd lose you in the forest, but I'm glad I didn't. Felix sort of chuckles and smirks and goes, Me too. You've helped me develop into the person I am now. Someone I never thought I'd be, and I just want to thank you for that. And he sort of, again, peers down the tunnel and he goes, guess we best not keep him waiting for too long. May the best man win. And he reaches into his back pocket and he goes, and for the loser, he pulls out two tickets for a trip to the Misty Isles. Oh. <laughs> At least we'll have a good time anyways. <laughs> yeah, and Chuck says, come on. Let's put on a show they'll remember. So you and Coco Winner too? <laughs> An official comes running down the corridor and ushers you to follow him. And as you make your way down the tunnel towards the light of the stadium, he stops you, holding out a hand and putting the other hand to his, the headset on his ear. Holding out three fingers, then two, then one, and then pointing forwards and ushering you out. Ladies and gentlemen, we give you UMA Championship finalists Chuck and Felix. And as you step out of the tunnel, you enter a packed, brightly lit stadium and the crowd erupts with cheers. You look around and you see so many people from your journey in the crowd. All of the gym leaders sit in a special box, applauding enthusiastically. In front of them, you see Flash, Derek, one-eyed Bob, Legless Carl with a K, Matt, Shelley, Matt, Nooker, Minato, Master Lee, all eight of the gym guys who look identical except for their <laughs> different coloured t-shirts. 
Professor Hammond from the desert, he's in there well. And you even see a bald guy in the distance. <laughs> but, and when you look back, he's, he's not there anymore. There is an entire section of the crowd filled with hundreds of women with pink hair. <laughs> all whooping and cheering. And at the very front, Graham Graham sits with Junior on her lap next to Chuck's mum, Rock. Felix's mum and dad. And you look across the stadium as you see a whole host of other characters you've met along your journey. Even Poff is there in the crowd selling poppins from his car at the top of a long flight of steps. And as you take your starting positions, the referee blows for the start of the battle. But three Pokemon poke their head over the roof of the stadium. Darkrai, Cresselia and Muse. <laughs> smile to each other, knowing that the two of you are okay, and then all three of them turn and fly off into the setting sun. That is where we're going to finish season one of MTA. Okay, so I just want to say thanks to you guys for playing. This was a crazy idea when I messaged you three years <laughs> yeah. ago saying, do you want to play D&D &D and start a podcast? You two are well up for it. I'm so gutted we did not record the tester of the little garden shot. Yeah. <laughs> and we nearly did. I'm really sorry. But hey, that's life. And thanks to everyone who's listened for the last two and a half years. This has been amazing. It has really been amazing. It's been so good to see your support. And like we've absolutely, like listens, we've smashed it. We've had so many people listen to these episodes, way more than I ever would have imagined. We, ever, we genuinely said at the beginning, like if we get a thousand plays over the whole lifespan, we'll be so, so happy with that. Yeah, so the fact that we've, by this point, I think we're on, we're going to be on about 40,000. We're going to be between 40 and 50,000 plays. It is absolutely amazing. And because of that, we are going to be back at some point in 2023. Stronger. Back stronger. Uh, it, I'm going to say it's going to be the halfway through the year towards the end of the year because we've got a lot of work to do. Jack's going to be DMing this one. Ooh. So it's going to be me and Chris playing Causing the players. Hey, <laughs> if, if you think we've gone off piece this season at points, managing these two is going to be nigh on impossible. I just don't think you're going to be able to write an episode just say like, right guys, what are you doing today? I'll just, I'll just turn up with a loose idea and go, just do what you want. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. We will be back stronger in 2023 with season two, Legend of Kenka. The Legend of Kenka. See you next time. First.